Welcome to Ultiversal Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week on Ultiversal Q, we're checking back in with your friendly neighborhood, Ultimate Spider-Man. And also the team-ups that he does sometimes. That then will get retconned later. And then get retconned again. Everyone Uh, loves some good old-fashioned retcons. uh, For those who don't know, a retcon means retroactive continuity, so it is changing things that came before because you want to tell a new story, or it doesn't make sense anymore. Like how... uh, Basically, the entire Ultimate team of... Yeah. Is going to get ignored by continuity... Because they're like, oh yeah, we don't want to tell this story, or we don't like the way that it was told, or we want to pay a homophobe who makes a lot of money to tell the story instead. Orson Scott Card. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't remember who wrote Ultimate Iron Man. Yeah. But uh, this week we're going to be covering Ultimate Spider-Man number 9 through 13. And Ultimate Marvel Team-Up numbers 4 through 5. If you are reading in the trade order, uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man is in the second volume, which is called Learning Curve. And we covered issue 8 from that last time just because we wanted, I wanted to get to the Daily Bugle parts. Because Luke wanted to ruin the fact that I read from the trades and wanted to mess up the order. Uh-huh. It gives him some sick joy. Yeah, I mean, it's like that and letting people insult me that are my main sources of joy this time of year. And I've now discovered pumpkin spice. Luke's moving up in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, last time on Spider-Man, Peter Parker, high school nerd and student, was bitten by a radioactive spider lost his uncle when a burglar broke in and shot him. And so Peter is now trying to help support his Aunt May. Initially, he was the wrestler Spider-Man, but was accused of crimes like stealing all the money as Spider-Man, so Peter has now turned away from using that identity for fame and fortune to instead fight crime, because, you know, if he got that power, he got that responsibility. But he has still exploited his access as Spider-Man to take photos that when combined with his knowledge of web design, got him a job at the Daily Bugle. Uh, the there local he hero, J. Jonah Jameson. There he looked into the burglar who he had apprehended, and he had found that he was connected to Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime who is, so far, untouchable. And these issues were all written by Brian Michael Bendis, with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Art Taber, colors by J.C., and letters by Richard Starkings, Wes Abbott, and Albert Duchesne. 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 The checks mix. Albert D. He's got... Or Aldi. Aldi, actually, I believe it is. Aldi? Yeah, he's Aldi. Like the store? Like the store. Like the store? He created it. A-L for all, and then just the D 
But then he thought it was too too short, so then he put an I at the end. The I was because iPods were starting to get really popular, so people were adding I to everything at the time. Yeah, but he didn't, didn't want to get be... sued. Yeah, so he put it at the end. <laughs> so, and such was the creation of Aldi's. <laughs> the German supermarket. He he also traveled back in time. Uh, that's that's the power of letterers mm-hmm. who aren't necessarily super great in the issue that they did. Anyways, uh, so three of Kingpin's henchmen, known as the Enforcers, Montana, who is a cowboy henchman with a whip, Ox, who is a massive rapper-style henchman, and Fancy Dan, who is a tiny henchman in a suit, are hanging outside of their base talking about whether or not Kingpin owns a McDonald's that they're considering doing crimes at, unaware that Spider-Man is watching them. And I love the Enforcers. God, the Enforcers are such a great concept. <sighs> they are. They're just dudes who all have very specific themes and who are there to get punched. Mm-hmm. It yeah, they've been coming back recently. They have? Yeah. Wait, didn't they return in the Zdarsky run? Or Yeah. They returned in the Zdarsky run, and I think... I think they showed up in Spencer's run recently. Ah, well... You know my feelings on Nick Spencer. True, but his Spider-Man run has been phenomenal. That's what I've been hearing, but it's still not enough because I could just read other people whose Spider-Man runs are phenomenal who haven't done very bad stories and have had incredibly conservative politics that are calling for increased policing on minorities. Mm-hmm. Just because he can't get a liquor license for his bar. And so he tried to have a political career that got stymied. Comics! Comics, everyone. <laughs> Comics, everyone. And I do like to add a bit more diversity here. Which is nice for mm-hmm. the Enforcers. So it's not just three white dudes. It's now two white dudes and a black guy. Yeah. And so Spider-Man surprises them when they go inside their base, but they surprise him with teamwork. But eventually he is able to get the better of them and asks them to take him to the Kingpin. And that is when their underboss, Mr. Big, shows up and suggests that, yeah, he should just, uh, Spider-Man, you should just take something that the Kingpin wants. And he suggests messing with the gala that the Kingpin is going to throw on Friday night. And that is unfortunately when FBI agents who look like Scully and Mulder bust in since they had the entire place wired. Spider-Man whips out on a page, but there's like a really weird misdraw where it looks like the Mulder agent gets one of the Enforcer's lines. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, he broke in here. It's just one of those weird things that they would not fix that. Like, at least changing the line. Comics. So, Peter sees the next day that the newspapers uh, only report about Spider-Man being connected to the mob, and they don't mention anything else. And Peter also ignores articles about Tony Stark, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Hulk, which are just some, like, nice additional newsstand details. First off, he should have easily just put the paper down and walked away, because what the fuck's that man gonna do about it? Nothing, that's what... Oh, yeah, he, he gets in trouble because he's just reading the newspaper without planning on buying it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it. I mean, it's a decent scene, but also, well, I guess I hadn't been to New York back in like 2001, so I don't know if they still have those sorts of massive newsstands. Do they not still anymore? Because they had some even when I was there just a couple of years ago. Uh, when I was there a few years ago, I didn't remember seeing them at, like that. I mean, there was, at least not with just heavy newspapers like that. Hmm. Okay. But it could just be the coloring where everything looks like newspapers, including the magazines. I was going to say, looking at it, because I have it in front of me. Yeah, it, it has a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It just all looks like white and black newsprint. Yes, because I don't think it was colored to look any different. I mean, even the food and candy that he has for sale is just white and blue. Hey, it's newspaper candy! <laughs> oh no, it's uh, the Apple Power Bars from Simpsons. Or, it, or I was going to say, or it comes with... Uh, it has a good roughage and essential links. <laughs> <laughs> there's our Simpsons reference for the episode, Devin. Yep, there's two right there. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, so the next day in high school, Liz Allen gets upset when Kenny Kong won't stop talking about Spider-Man because she has been presumably traumatized after the goblin attacked the school and Spider-Man had to fight him. Like, we don't get a lot of details, which I actually appreciate at this point, mm-hmm. because it's mostly from Peter's perspective, and he doesn't care about other teens that much. Hell no. Especially other mean teens. Mm-hmm. Who tried to make out with him. Yeah. And then he got in trouble as a result. With multiple people. Yeah. He got in trouble with multiple people. He didn't try and make out with multiple people. Yes. So Mary Jane comes over to talk to Peter and she asks him out on a date. And she wants to go on Friday, but Peter remembers that's when he has to go and attack the Kingpin's party, so they agree to do Saturday instead. Also, did you remember, like, overalls being this big of a thing in the early 2000s? Hell no, but that's, like, MJ's style for, like, the first, like, 50 issues. (laughs) I wonder if it's, like, based on... Have you ever seen the comedy classic Not Another Teen movie? Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Starring uh, a super young Captain America. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and uh, what's her name who gets... She's all thatted. Yeah. Uh, Where's the overalls, so... That's true. When did that come out? Uh, Oh, it was, like, 2001... So you're like 01 or 03. Uh, 2001 in December. Yeah. So, I mean, it would fit. And I mean, that movie is referencing other movies as well. So, Oh, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Young Me has memories about that movie and seeing it on premium cable. Comedy Central. They showed it all the time. Yeah, but premium cable had it without... The uh, sensors out the nudity. Oh, I see. Yeah. Another part of the Luke Hare origin story. A weird <laughs> part of the Luke Hare origin story. But a happier one instead of <laughs> two <child laughs> <It's> that... 
<laughs> or getting hit by a car. Uh, for more on this, listen to the exile that went up yesterday, uh, 21.2. Yeah, Abby and I were talking about it last night, and we mentioned that there was only one part of it that was missing, which was when I used to get bullied on the bus, and so I just tried to make friends with the bully instead, and he stopped picking on me. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And I helped him slightly turn his life around. Good for you, Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I make weird life choices. Uh, so then, at the Daily Bugle, Peter tries to talk to J. Jonah Jameson. Yay! Look at him smoking what? indoors like a fucking champ. <laughs> and no ignoring the sign. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, I know you haven't listened to the episode, Devin, but I am actually putting in a cheering sound effect. Oh, good. Every time we mention J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> it's my homage to Super Pro- or to uh, OKKO OK Let's Go. Or OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes. Uh, anyways, uh, so Peter wants to talk to his boss about why they cover Spider-Man the way that they do. And he is basically told people want simple stories with heroes and villains and pictures, pictures of Spider-Man, all the pictures of Spider-Man. So many pictures of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And Peter, I need you to get pictures of Spider-Man doing other things. Can he do this? Tootsie roll. And can he also save my marriage? Peter, I need you to get Spider-Man to do pictures of a lot of things. Can he eat an entire erotic cake on video? People would pay top dollar for it. And now there's just a picture of Spider-Man eating a giant penis cake at a dining room table that I can't get out of my head. Thanks, Luke. You're welcome. Thanks, Luke. You're welcome. So, Friday night, Spider-Man sneaks into the offices of the Kingpin during the fundraiser. He notes the security system, but he doesn't see the Kingpin until it is too late. And Kingpin catches him by surprise, breaks the web shooters, and when Kingpin asks who sent him, Spider-Man quips, Carson Daly! Timely references. He's still employed. He is. Also, I think... He has a show somewhere that I don't watch, but... Yeah, I also feel maybe just because he is a white dude with the TV show that he's probably got in trouble for sexually harassing someone. That's actually false. I was actually about to make more of a comment about I think Carson Daly is like one of the few people who hasn't gotten in trouble for doing anything wrong. Well, if he has not gotten in trouble, good for you, Carson Daly. And if so... It's kind of sad that that's more the standard expectation. Not according to his Wikipedia page, there's no controversies under his name. His Wikipedia page is also very short. We should just add on, the kingpin hates this guy. And then link to Wilson Fisk, ultimate Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. 
So Kingpin gets fed up when Spider-Man starts making fat jokes, and he orders Electro, one of his henchmen, to kill him. Electro is a bald guy with a suit and a scarred face, who is able to stun Spider-Man, and then allows the Kingpin to take off Spider-Man's masks. They realize he is a teenager, and don't recognize him. They're just like, oh yeah, he's that guy who interfered with Mr. Big's operation. So they toss Spider-Man out of the window, and Electro is sent to have the Rolling Stones killed. Look at that third Simpsons reference. Yeah. That would be a great episode, the er, issue then, if it was just Carson Daly, because this, oh, this would have been early when he had been hosting TRL on MTV. Yeah. Just having a good old time, introducing some videos. Fallout Boys here, everyone, even though it would be a little too early for that, and then bam. <laughs> <laughs> the Fallout Babies. Carson Daly's just dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I'll show you a real shot, Jack Carson Daly. But I'm technically a VJ. Ah, oh. <sighs> yeah. I I wonder if there is a Marvel Wikia page for Carson Daly, who is now dead, probably. Potentially. Let's just assume he Let's is. Let's check. Uh, no, he's not important enough to have a Wikipedia page. Let's just assume, though, that the Kingpin finished him off in this universe. <laughs> yep. And so Spider-Man barely survives being tossed off of the skyscraper, and he falls across the window so all the party governors see him and don't do anything, which is a gag that I always like. Me too. And... And then he gets home to find Aunt May waiting for him, and she's dealing with her own problems, like feeling abandoned, and is just trying to get by, and so they hug, and it, it's a nice dramatical moment. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Mary Jane calls about the date, but Peter apparently stayed up too late reading Atlas Shrugged, and is also tired from the fight, and calls it off, instead of even just, like, chilling and watching tv or a movie with her at home and peter he doesn't want a vhs and chill no i mean what are you going to do at home all day peter are you just going to read more ayn rand because that's not going to be good for anybody nope Meanwhile, Kingpin calls in Mr. Big and the Enforcers because Spider-Man had broken in and almost ruined his party. Mr. Big's like, Kingpin, you're getting soft. And so Kingpin orders the Enforcers to hold Mr. Big down. Kingpin puts Spider-Man's mask that he stole on Mr. Big's face and then crushes his head. All of it's on video. Like a fucking G, except for everyone else who's fucking terrified. Yeah. And Mr. Big, a.k.a. Frederick Foswell, is found in the river in the morning with the mask still on by Christian Walker from Brian Michael Bendis' other series, Powers. And Peter, wearing a Ja Rule shirt, realizes that things can easily get worse. I don't think Peter would be a Ja Rule fan. I would agree with that. Maybe he just got it handed down to uh, him, like, in a charity thing. Probably. Yeah, because it also looks way too baggy for him. 
Yeah, he's also got like an I'm with stupid shirt and then a butthole shirt and a butthole surfer shirt. Yes. Another Simpsons reference. In class the next day, they are learning about the Nixon tapes, and after kind of apologizing to Mary Jane through notes, Peter actually listens to the lesson. And like all lessons that are shown in class, it uh, gives him an idea when the teacher asks why if Richard Milhouse Nixon was paranoid, he could record everything, and Peter puts it together. Kingpin is actually Victor Noriega. I mean, Kingpin thinks that he's untouchable. And also, do you think those things are... Do you think those tapes are a sex thing? Probably. That's also not what I thought that he learned. What I thought he learned was this was Richard Nixon. After the presidency, (laughs) God fucking buffed and became a mob boss. (laughs) And shaved off all of his hair. (laughs) That would be a great turn. Screaming, I am Uh, not a crook as he squishes Foswell's head. This is for checkers! Peter, pretending to be Arthur Semek of Miramax Films, named after the old Marvel letterer from the bullpen Artie Semek, reaches out to find out about the security system at Fisk Towers via email, which is weird. We'll get to that more when it resolves, but Peter then gets called out of class by Dr. Bradley to talk about what happened at the school and to deal with potential trauma. Peter really doesn't want to do it. And like when he mentions Norman Osborn being the goblin and Harry Osborn leaving the school, uh, she tries to ask more personal questions. And he's like, yeah, no, if I don't actually have to do this, uh, it's, I'm not going to be here. And he leaves, but notices Liz Allen waiting outside and offers to talk to her if she ever needs a friend. And then Peter tries to talk to Mary Jane, who is so angry at him. Like, the Liz Allen stuff, I forget how or how it develops here. I know eventually she has powers, but that's not till, like, issue 100 or something. Yeah. Can't remember where it goes either. And I think, it, no, I think it's earlier than that. Yeah, yeah, no, like, it's resolved earlier than that. I think maybe she has an abusive father Oh, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. So, Peter goes home, but finds an email reply from Sam Rosen, named after another Marvel letterer who gives him the exact security information, which seems like a really bad strategy for someone who probably didn't even have a fake corporate email from Miramax. And so he watches a video which features Patsy Walker from, like, this is going to be the first of her many cameo appearances before she actually becomes a superhero. It's Patsy. And, mm-hmm, it's, it's Patsy. And basically, he finds out the security system records DVDs and stores them, so Peter knows what he's going to have to do. He breaks in and knocks out the security team, turns off the power of the building while Kingpin and Electro were having a meeting talking about Spider-Man not being dead yet and the Enforcers having a meeting elsewhere about Ox wanting to turn to the feds and quit while Fancy Dan is against that because Fancy Dan doesn't want to be fancy killed and Spider-Man steals the DVDs that he needs but not before being caught 
again by Electro and the Enforcers. They catch him initially and plan to bring him to the Kingpin, but this time he's able to get all of them to hit one another. But like the lettering on this page and a lot of the panel layouts might be good, but the overall readability of the page is really mm-hmm. bad. Like there's not a good flow to it. It It's like one of those things where this is sort of a seminal work, but a lot of the layouts are just bad, especially with the way that the lettering is done. I would agree. So Spider-Man and Electro talk with neither of them revealing their power origins and Spider-Man, after Electro threatens to murder his entire family, tosses him into a burst water pipe, which finishes off everyone else and he then tells the enforcers to get out of getting his good because the kingpin is going to go down which is nice of spider-man too many of them were decent people hey. mostly ox uh, ox at least showed concern for what he has done he still did allow kingpin to probably kill a lot of people probably but he might also be a vampire luke Some of the weird, there is, in addition to there being not the best lettering pages, there were some weird facial uh, expressions that actually put on people to the point where Ox looked like the way that vampires look like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Where their faces kind of like crinkle up a bit and it's like you're still mostly you, but you got a weird thing going on. Yeah, Bagley is still like improving as an artist at this Mm -hmm. point. Like some of his books I've seen from like the A's, it's like, damn, you can't even tell that you're like the same artist from your Spider-Man run. But you know, at least he keeps that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man. Uh, as he continues to leave, the Kingpin confronts him, and Spider-Man pulls out his uh, five minutes of fat jokes to get the Kingpin angry as Kingpin tries to kill him. Spider-Man webs him long enough that he is able to escape and ends up dropping out the video of the Kingpin killing Foswell, along with others, to Ben Yurick at the Daily Bugle, which Yurick is able to get published. So with that resolved, Peter calls MJ because he wants to tell her something, and Kingpin has to flee the country. It's gotta go on the fucking the lamb. Mm-hmm. Kingpin on the lamb. The next day, Peter and MJ meet up, and he makes her promise to keep the secret that he is Spider-Man, and he proves it by climbing on the wall, but in doing so, Aunt May becomes aware that they are upstairs behind closed doors. Peter tries to say that they're studying, and Aunt May is so untrusting, she's like, and I'm Katie Couric. Oh, more timely references that are still weirdly also timely. Peter tells MJ about how he got his powers, and Mary Jane gets super excited until Peter's like, uh, yeah, no, you shouldn't get excited. I'm telling you this, because if other people find out, you'll probably get murdered. And I need you to keep the secret, but you're my best friend, and I trust you, so that's why I told you. And Mary Jane's like, oh, I thought you just wanted to make out. And then they go into kiss, but get cock-blocked but get kiss-blocked by Aunt May, who had also called Mary Jane's mom, and so Mary Jane has to go home and clean the litter box, and Aunt May tries to do a Comics Code Authority-approved 
ask if Peter knows about sex without actually mentioning sex before saying that, you know, Peter, your parents also met in high school, and I kept them from ever having sex. You're not really their child. You're me and Uncle Ben's child. You're in trouble, Peter. Yeah, that's what Peter no, cried. She... <laughs> now, Peter's just left with this world turned upside down, but for the better. It's a good arc. So, like, I like it more than the first one. Yeah. Like, he learns a lot more about how he's going to handle things. They mm-hmm. expand the world a bit. Well, I mean, that makes sense, because, I mean, you got to kind of just establish the ground rules for that first one. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like, okay, you got Spider-Man, we all know Spider-Man, it's time to fly. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, they do spend a few issues introducing Spider-Man, but nonetheless. Uh, so we then get to Marvel, or Ultimate Marvel Team-Up, number four through five, written again by Bendis, with art by Mike Allred, colors by JC, and letters by Richard Starkings and Wes Abbott. And, yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating how it's like, oh, yeah, that was a really good Bendis comic we read, and then we get to ultimate team up and he's Bendis is trying to experiment. And most of the time it just does not work. Truth. Uh, We start off with Peter giving a speech, summarizing the life of Tony Stark, how he went from being a quiz show superstar to going to Harvard with Reed Richards to quitting to work on Stark industries. All of that will never happen in the future. (laughs) Yeah. And then he and his private jet went missing in South America, where the Red Devil terrorist group captured them. And nobody's sure what happened, but when Stark returned, his cousin Morgan was dead. But he escaped, and it led to the United States invading the country. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. Yay. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Uh, so Tony Stark returned, introduced himself as Iron Man, refused to share his technology, became a big superstar. There was an Iron Man origin movie with Tom Cruise and Gene Hackman. Tom Cruise almost went, also, it went to star in the actual Iron Man film, starring Robert Downey Jr. I'm glad they got Downey Jr. instead. Truth. That said, I do enjoy the Cruise. He would have just been poor for that part. <laughs> Also, most horrifyingly, the Iron Man suit shows both the eyes and the teeth. Oh, man, that one picture of him with a creepy teeth. smile. The eyes and the teeth, Devin. Yeah, that was a horrifying... Uh, you'll be able to see pictures from this episode at the Multiverse Q website. Uh, we'll have an image gallery up for this. Uh, you can also go now to Ultiversal Q, and that brings you to just the Ultiversal Q episodes. Yeah, what were you saying? Oh, no, that, that picture is horrifying. Yeah, it's it's the stuff of nightmares. Uh, so Tony refuses to share his iron tech because he doesn't want it abused or weaponized, and Peter likes him because Tony is being responsible. Meanwhile, Mr. Golog, a representative from... It's not named until the end, but it's not really a super important mystery. Uh, A representative from Ladveria wants to buy the technology, and Tony refuses, and only took the meeting so he could keep bowling at the White House bowling alley. And he really hates Ladveria, 
And so Tony sends him out with a old Iron Man action figure, so it wasn't a complete waste of time. Tony then has to go to the Stark International Science Expo, where Peter is supposed to go and meet with Tony Stark, but something starts hurting him. And when Rhodey is concerned, Tony sends Rhodey away. Peter, meanwhile, arrives at the expo and goes to see Tony Stark and the Iron Man suits when Latverian soldiers and super suits attack. Tony switches into Iron Man, but they target him with what is essentially an EMP that knocks the suit out. And then, like, the second issue is just really poorly intercut Mm -hmm. flashbacks, where basically what happens is Tony went to Guatemala with his cousin Morgan, and Tony and the rest of the people on the plane got captured. Tony told Morgan that he had a brain tumor, but was developing tech that would resolve it until it would become the Iron Man suit. Presumably, Morgan tried to sell the weapon tech to the Red Devil terrorist group, and the Red Devil terrorist group actually wants to overthrow a dictator, but the dictator is supported by the United States government. Classic U.S. Morgan government. gets shot. Yeah, Morgan gets shot and killed, and Iron Man develops a repulsor glove, kills the uh, revolutionary group that wants to overthrow the oppressive government, and frees everybody. Hooray! In the present, while the suit is down, Peter talks to Tony, who says that he liked Peter's speech before Peter is chased off. The Latvian soldiers take Tony away, but Spider-Man shows up, knocks some of them out, loses his gloves, gets tossed into the ocean with Iron Man... This gives Tony time to reboot the suit, saves them both, and then he drops Peter off on a rooftop so the government agents don't get him. And then we see Mr. Golog meeting with Colonel Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D., who gives, who's like, yeah, we gave you an opportunity to steal stock tech, but you failed, and the American government doesn't work with losers. We only work and with so winners. And so now the deal is off. Yeah. And this is the beginning of the ever-expanding, like, development of the Nick Fury design. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this isn't his first appearance. Well, what? This is not his canonical first appearance. It's just in the reading order that we're reading. No, I know. But then the other one, too, he does not look like he also would later on, either. Oh, Okay. We haven't hit like that peak Sam Jackson Nick Fury until Ultimates happens. Yeah. Yeah, there there's still like a lot of things that they're trying to figure out, and I think that's partially why they don't have Ultimate Marvel team up collected anymore. Yeah. Or collected in the same way. Folks, I mean pretty much I mean none of this stuff will later go on for the most part to be canon. Yep, because comics are bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of this that I was confused by. I thought for the first for a while that it was AIM that was showing up to steal his suits because mm-hmm. they look like a more modern interpretation of the AIM beehive and beekeeper suits. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, yeah, so... Let's rank them. Yeah, we don't have any questions this time, so we will get to ranking, but you can send questions into at MultiversalQ or MultiversalQ at gmail.com. But we are ranking two stories this time, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 1, numbers 8 through 13, Learning Curve, and Ultimate Marvel Team-Up, Spider-Man and Iron Man. Um, 
I think our new number one is going to be learning curve. Yes. Well, also going based off of how you're saying that they wanted to like redesign and like get back to the basics. This was getting back. This mm-hmm. was getting like a much more solid interpretation of original Spider-Man. Because actually, one thing I forgot we should have talked about last week, which was, what did you think about the fact that they turned the Green Goblin from a man in a glider suit until basically into the Hulk, who can throw fireballs? I think it is an interesting approach. It's definitely different than the old Goblin idea, but I think it's good for doing a new sake or a new approach, especially because a lot of other villains can just be people who have tech and weapons. True. And it makes the goblin a lot more imposing, which is a very 2000s thing to do. Yes, very. And then for the Iron Man one, I would put it under Hulk, but above Wolverine personally. Yeah, no, that was actually where I was looking. Like, the gap between uh, Ultimate Spider-Man 1 through 7 and Spider-Man and Hulk is, like, massive right now. And next week, we are going to get a bit closer. But I would also say that at least, at the very least, the Spider-Man and Hulk issue still was very much a Spider-Man and Hulk issue. Yeah. Like, it captured that, like, both characters were done well. And had something more to do. The Iron Man was definitely way too caught up in explaining Tony Tony Stark. Okay, Uh, so next week, Devin, do you remember what we're covering? Mm, I don't. Is it FF or is it X-Men? Next Neither. It is Ultimate Daredevil oh, that's Electra right. and Ultimate Electra. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be the last of our episodes that we're doing one after another. And then we're going to be getting into the Ultimate Universe every alternating Sunday, uh, plus bonus episodes for movies coming out. So it's more like we're taking one week off, and then it's going to be... well. Yeah, we're taking one week off after next week's episode, and then we'll do some Ultimate X-Men. Then we have the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie tie-in. Is that coming out that soon already still? Is it even coming out at all? I don't know. They keep telling us it is, but they also told us it was coming out last year at some point. Oh, no, it's not coming out until June 7th oh, cool. now. Wow. I was going to say, I don't think the next superhero film is going to be until Captain Carol. Which I have my ticket. I probably should get mine. Oh, Did you can pre-order with the AMC uh, yeah. whatever pass we have. Nice. Uh, yeah, I have... Oh, Okay, so Gambit's already gotten moved on to next year, which isn't surprising because we haven't seen a trailer for it. Have they even started filming that? I don't know. I I think I set all of this up, like, over a year ago. Quite truthfully, I wasn't even sure if they've made it. Or, like, if they're still making it. Which is too bad because... Oh, here we go. Rumor Gambit, Doctor Doom, and other X-Men films have been shelved. 
that I was announced be surprised. 15 hours ago. Yeah. Uh, so Captain Marvel is still coming out when it is. Uh, Hellboy. Let's see if that's still coming out when it is. Okay. What did you think of the trailer? I don't know what feeling they're trying I, to go I for. was not into it. It's like, I feel like you're trying to I be wanted... Deadpool. Yeah, which I don't think it should try and be. Okay, so Hellboy got moved until April. Which makes sense. Uh, so that got moved down. So yeah, we got Captain Marvel and then Shazam. Which is still on its date, which is like two weeks before Hellboy. And then two weeks after Hellboy is Avengers. And then a few weeks after that is X-Men Dark Phoenix. And then we got Spider-Man Far From Home. Yay. Pissing off Marvel Studios forever. And then we got, theoretically, the new Mutants movie. Uh, which is going to be... It's set for August 2nd still. I'm still concerned about that. And then theoretically, we've got the Joker movie. <laughs> uh, which is still set for October 4th. Yay. And then Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> oh. Fuck that Joker movie. And then uh, the worst part, too, is the the next upcoming superhero movie that I was excited for is apparently getting bad reviews. What movie? Glass. Oh, yeah. Which was sad. It was like, M. Night, you're going to finally turn it around, maybe. You could do, like, a couple good films in a row. And you blew it. <sighs> oh, wonderful. But actually, speaking that's actually a thing which is speaking of. Did mm-hmm. you know that Bruce Willis made a fucking Motown album? I wouldn't be surprised. From like back in the day, I found it yesterday. I bought it. It's great. Well, I mean, you've seen his classic where he gets to sing Hudson Hawk. I haven't seen that movie. Right? You haven't? No. Oh, Devin, that surprises me, honestly. Uh, It's a movie where Bruce Willis plays a thief who is trying to steal, I think it's Da Vinci's Inventions, and it's got, uh, what's his name, the glasses guy from CSI, the guy who puts his glasses on, it's like, yeah! And a bunch of other people, but Bruce Willis sings while he does crimes that way he keeps the beat and keeps on schedule okay i am i've heard of it good but oh yeah no it is a major bomb but i thought that would have been even more reason for you to have seen it Mm. uh wow you think you know a guy i guess well uh, Multiversal Q is our current arc of Multiversal Q that will be going in until 
sometime like two years later. And you can find more about us at multiversalq.com. We also have a Facebook page. But if you go to our website, you can get things like uh, seeing the image gallery, which I need to fix because the current updated system for WordPress is awful and the gallery doesn't work the way that it should. So I'll need to go in and do some changes on that. Um, but yeah, you can also like see our Ultimate Universe uh, Stories ranking list as it comes out and a lot more. Uh, also, if you enjoy the podcast and want to help us out, you can send as little as a dollar a month. You get early episodes of Exiled most of the time, unless the buffer is completely exhausted. And uh, we did some bonus content that will be going up sometime soon. Devin and I talk about video games. Uh, Devin, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at FedFet. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at LukeHair.com, which is still very, very, very out of date. Uh, we did not have the updated music or cover for this episode because, you know, people are busy, which is fine. We'll get it when we get it. Uh, but you can uh, also see us both on the Exiled podcast, where we are doing Marvel Adventures and DC Universe. It's very weird, but very good. And you can also find me on the John Wiki podcast. And also coming up this week at RPGPals.club is the new RPG Pals podcast. Or the RPG Pals Club podcast, which is good. It's D&D Adventures, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, I think that wraps us up for now. Next week, we are going to be talking about Daredevil and Elektra, the ultimate Daredevil and Elektra. But until then, you know what we say around here, Devin. See you on the flip mode. Peace.